Brother Byram met an atheist in Turkey who had studied philosophy and didn't believe in miracles. They spent hours discussing the Bible, but it didn't seem to go anywhere. Would you be discouraged if you were trying to share your faith in a situation like that? Later that night, this atheist realized a relationship with God isn't about arguments or philosophies. It's about knowing a person, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. Brother Byram picks up the story. Uh, he said he read more than 2,000 books, but he never believed in miracles. But when he prayed over him, something happened, and that night Jesus came to him. Jesus never promised his followers an easy path. In fact, he told his disciples that the world would hate them. He sent them out as sheep among wolves. Jesus' words came true in the life of the apostles, and they're still coming true today in the lives of his followers around the world. Join host Todd Nettleton as we hear their inspiring stories and learn how we can help, right now on The Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network. Welcome again to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. My name is Todd Nettleton, and we are in our studio today in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, with a man we're going to call Brother Byram. He is from the nation of Turkey. Byram, welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. Byram, your story of coming to faith involves coming to America, and I <laughs> want you to share a little bit of your personal testimony, because some American Christian played a part in helping you find Christ. I hope our listeners are going to be inspired by that thought. So how did you come to faith? Um, thank you for the opportunity, and it's my privilege to be here. Yeah, uh, you know, I grew up in Turkey with a you know, the very devout Muslim family. I was a practicing Muslim myself. I came in year 2000 to U.S. to get my master's degree here. Uh, after the school, I started my own business, retail uh, business. One day, in, it was this was in year 2014, a lady dropped a small New Testament in my store, uh, deliberately. <laughs> <laughs> now, w- when you say she dropped it, she, did she just leave it there, or she, did she hand it to you and say, hey, you should read this? She just uh, left it on the on the desk. We didn't have any conversation, but I guess, she, I mean, she showed me, though. You know, uh-huh. she, she didn't do it in secret, you know. And I just took it and uh, take it home and, <laughs> I guess, start reading it. Uh, John... Uh, chapter 13 through 17, you know, the Last Supper speech really touched my heart. But as a practicing Muslim with a, you know, very devout Muslim wife, it's really hard to get out of Islam, you know. But um, over time, I kind of became in between, you know, because Jesus in the Bible is very different than that Jesus we learn in Islam. You know, I always believed in God, so I start praying to God to help me, you know. And in my heart, you know, it was... I was having a lot of, you know, the debates, I guess, and hard times, and I started praying every night. You know, I was, you know, going to this room and closing the door and just trying to pray. And what what were those prayers like? Were were you just saying, "Hey, God, mm-hmm. show me who you are. Or I, I want to know the truth. Show me the truth." To be honest, you know, I had some prayers that memorized in Arabic uh, as a practicing Muslim from the Quran. You know, th- these were some of the words of like Elijah or Moses, you know, their prayer, supposed pray, prayers. Uh, I was pr- praying those in Arabic and then adding my own words, you know. Then uh, it was May 2014. My wife and my daughter were in Turkey for a vacation. 
and I was alone in the house and I went to this room again at night uh, to pray and God gave me a vision. Jesus came to me. When you see him, it's not like seeing a, you know, the Jesus movie on the TV. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that I realized, he didn't say I'm Jesus, but you know that's Jesus and uh, he is the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, my heart squeezed, you know, I, Lord, I said, you know, I can change. I can become a Christian. I know he wanted that. And Did Jesus speak to you in Turkish? He didn't or speak. He, he didn't uh, speak. He no. was just there. Uh-huh. And you knew who he was. In that vision, like I was sitting in the moon, like seeing the earth, mm-hmm. like seeing from the moon, earth. And he was so big, he was over the earth and covering the whole earth with his skirt, you know. Wow. Yeah, that was... And the whole God, earth is full of his glory, I think amen, the Bible yeah. says. Uh-huh. And he overcome the earth, and he's presenting the earth to Father. So then at what point did you tell people in your family, hey, I'm not a Muslim anymore? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, at first I told to my wife on the phone, and her first reaction was she would divorce me. Instantly? Uh, instantly, yeah. And she's a wow. practicing Muslim, and... She knows that her family wouldn't accept this. She has two elder brothers. Then I told my brother in his house, uh, apartment in Turkey, in Istanbul, I saw I saw a dream and I, I become a Christian. I don't know any Christian. I don't know any church. <laughs> your, your whole Christian experience was somebody had given you a New Testament uh-huh. and you had read it uh-huh. and you had had this vision of Christ. So yeah. nobody had discipled you. Nobody had trained you up. No. <laughs> You're just saying, yes. hey, I, I'm a follower of Christ now because I had this vision. Yeah, yeah. I was just saying I'm a Christian now. <laughs> and But at first my uh, brother didn't react, but the next day with an old friend, he, he said they want to take me to a psychiatrist. <laughs> you when you, start you might be crazy. You've, you've become a Christian. You might be crazy. Let's go to a psychiatrist and uh-huh. get you checked out. Yeah, um, dreams and visions and stuff, you know. <laughs> I said, why not? You know, I thought you know, that would be like 30-minute session, and I would share my testimony. You know, I have all those businesses in the U.S. I went to some of the best schools in my country, got master's degree. So I didn't think anything bad would happen, but they took me to a mental hospital, and they locked me up there. For 15 days, I got in and they got my phone. They said they're gonna run some tests. They took me up to fourth floor behind the locked doors, among like 15 to 20 real crazy people. Whenever the doctors wanted to talk to me, they would take me to you know the office, small office, and question me. You know, I answered all their questions and I keep telling them I cannot be the only one in the world seeing Jesus in a dream and becoming a Christian. One of the doctors actually talked to me later on, he searched, and he said, you know, the 60 to 70 percent of the Muslim becoming a Christian through visions and dreams. You know, that's a big So you definitely weren't the only one. Yeah. (laughs) So you're locked in a psychiatric hospital. Yes. You can't leave. You can't get out. Did you ever have second thoughts? I mean, mean, were you thinking, Mm -hmm. wow, if I just say, okay, I don't believe Jesus anymore, then I can go home? Did you ever consider they, doing it, that? It didn't even come to my mind, to be honest. You know, I was trying to find a, the New Testament to read, but no books were allowed inside. I tried to share with some of the guys in there, <laughs> but some of them were like there to get some reports, you know, to run away from the military service. <laughs> they were pretty sane, but playing games. I tried to share with them somehow. God really put that desire in me, you know, talking about God, you know. 
After I got out of there, I turned back to U.S. My wife didn't come back. We are still separate after six years. And she has been using that, my hospitalization against me in the divorce court and in other courts to prevent me seeing my daughter. You know, I've been dealing uh, with that a lot. The, the court sent me to the, you know, the uh, state hospitals to get reports. That took me two and a half years to get reports from oh a couple my. of the state hospitals saying that I am fine, but uh, last three years, I haven't seen my daughter. That's the hardest part of my life. But other than that, you know, with my parents, we had some hard time at, at the beginning. My father almost disowned me. My mother, of course, cried a lot. She even got hospitalized one night. Uh, I told my father, you know, it didn't come easy, it won't go easy. You know, you can't even kill me if you like, but that's hard. Who I am now, man. Does your family see a difference in you? Do, do they notice that something has changed? We don't live together, but you know, when we come together, I show the most respect. You know, I'm trying to be the most respectful to them. I really love them. You know, and I pray every day for them, and for my wife, for my daughter, for my family, uh, for my brother and his family. Um, you know. They didn't do that. My brother didn't do that out of like enmity. He, they were really worried. They were worried about uh -huh. you. Yeah. But anyways, um, my father told me, you know, I accept you for an like an atheist for now, but I'm going to take you to the Muslim scholars and we're going to convert you back to Islam, he said. <laughs> he said, okay, why not? You know, I will meet anyone you like, you know. And then we met with this scholar three, four times. We had hard debates. <laughs> Yelling and shouting sometimes. I mean, not yelling, but, you know, kind of raising a voice, you know. Of course, everything that he was telling me about is I already knew, but he didn't know anything Christianity. And Muslims think that there are like four New Testaments, and the test New Testament is separate than the Old Testament. And with this scholar, you know, I, I always bring the subject to the, the uh, crucifixion because in the according to the Quran, Jesus didn't die on the cross. Right. He was taken up to heaven. And some other guy, maybe one of the disciples, or most believe that uh, Judah Iscariot, uh, make him look like Jesus, and they crucified him instead. Of course, that's not right. Uh, historically, not right. It's not just the Christian, you know, the sources, uh, but the Roman and Jewish sources right. also talks about uh, Jesus being on the cross. So I try to bring the subject there and try to reason with them, but uh, you can only reason if they are open to reason. Right. You know, if they want to really listen to you. Yeah, since then, I, for the first year, you know, after I came back to U.S. after the hospital, God put the desire of getting baptized in me. I didn't know much about baptism, but I, I always keep telling me that I need to get baptized. And then I start looking for a church. I remember my first day going there, trying to find the entrance. I could see the people uh, sitting inside, but couldn't find the entrance <laughs> <laughs> on Sunday. Then I finally got the doors and got in. <laughs> I was afraid for a second that I wouldn't be able to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking today on Voice of the Martyrs Radio with Brother Bayram. He is a believer from the nation of Turkey, but he came to faith while living and while studying in the United States. Bayram, some of our listeners— mm -hmm are like the lady who left the New Testament in your shop. They they know a Muslim or they eat at a Middle Eastern restaurant and they want to reach out. Mm -hmm. How would you advise them to to be like that lady, to, to plant the seeds of the gospel in mm -hmm. the Muslims that, that we know? Yeah. Don't be shy. My first 
recommendation. Please do not be shy, you know. Just talk to them. Uh, they have a hunger for friendship. You know, I I lived that. I didn't have any friends. I lived 15 years in the U.S. You know, the Muslims, especially the ones that they are living here, they live here, they went through a lot of, you know, the steps to, to get in the United States. So they are, most probably they are more educated, so they are more open for, you know, the discussions. And the first thing is the, the love. They need, just show the love of Christ to them. You know, just invite them to your church. They will come, you know, and don't be afraid of them. Like I said, they've been through a lot of steps to, to get in the United States, so they are pretty secure. Just take them to a picnic or, you know, the for a gathering in the church. They will come and listen to you. They will even join to the worship. They will, you know, the listen. And then you can share. And they are always open to debate about their faith. You know, most of them are, uh, they know what they believe, you know, how they believe. So you need to be ready to confront them. And you need to know your faith and your, you know, the fun fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And so you can answer to them. You know, they think that, you know, the Christians out of their love to Christ, they made him divine, you know, over time. Right. So it's one of the biggest questions. And the Trinity, you know, it's related. If you know the first one's answer, you can answer the Trinity too. You can uh, show them that there are many scripts from the early centuries that the Bible never been corrupted. And they have a lot of misinformation in their cup. We have kind of double job. You know, we try to empty that cup first and try to fill with the right information. You came to faith in Christ. You got involved in a church here in the U.S. You got baptized. And then God starts calling you, go back to Turkey. Yes. Uh So you're in a safe place. You have a good job. Mm -hmm. And God says, hey, I want you to go back to Turkey, the same place where your own family locked you up in a mental hospital. Mm Mm-hmm. Did you argue with God about that, or, or did you just say, yes, Lord, I'm, I'm ready to go? No, I was eager to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Were you worried at all about about the security? Or? Um, just a little bit. I still don't have much fear, to be honest. You know, I know where I'm going, I guess, and I know God is with me. We all are going to die, so it's, it's the matter of how we're going to die and uh-huh. what purpose we're going to die. I would like to, you know, to glorify God uh, through my dad too, if I, if that's his wish, you know. So within a year, I closed uh, most of my businesses and transferred them and turned back to Turkey. I could see the uh, the potential in Turkey among the young people. You know, Turkey has over 80 million population, but there are only right now about 10,000 believers. Year before it was wow. only 7,000. Wow! It's almost 50 percent increase in one year, which is good. Praise the Lord! I started in Istanbul. You know, I didn't know any organization at first. You know, my first month when I was there, I was buying New Testament from the, this uh, bookstore, uh, Christian bookstore, tiny. This was on one of the big crowded street in the world. Like two million people passes every week over that street, and there is a church, a Catholic church there like a museum though, like a museum, and people go in just to see around and go out, and I was, I started distributing New Testaments at the door. I was kicked out of there, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, Troublemaker. Yeah, and so, but the, the, the manager of the bookstore uh, saw me buying all those books and stuff, and he started asking what I'm doing, and we start the conversation, and I shared my testimony with him. He shared his testimony with, with me, and 
he helped me a lot. He's, he was a uh, actually an Orthodox priest at the same time. He's an Armenian descendant, but a newborn Christian, a very strong one. I learned a lot from him, and then he connected me with Turkish church. Then after I closed my business here, when I went back there, I started working to this organization called BCC, Bible Correspondence Course. And talk mm -hmm. a little bit about what that is, Bible Correspondence Course. Yeah. BCC has been in Turkey for more than 60 years now, and they've been sending New Testaments. Uh, at first, they were using this old, you know, the phone books, sending new small cards to the mm -hmm. addresses there and asking if would you like to receive, a, you know, the free Bible. If people respond, they, they, they would send. And over time, of course, they start doing advertisement on the newspapers and TVs and radios and stuff. Now they use the social media a lot. We, uh, and when I started there in 2015, we were sending about 100 to 150 New Testaments every week to all over Turkey. Now they, they are sending more than 400 every week. Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so you get some emails or, or messages on social media that say, wow, mm -hmm. I really want a New Testament. I'm very interested to learn about Jesus. Mm-hmm. I suspect you also get some other kinds of messages too, though, where they say, hey, yeah, you're an infidel. Mm -hmm. I'm coming to your house. Is that common? Yeah, we get a lot of threat messages. Um, you know, we were attacked in on the street, you know, many times. And, you know, um, right now, Turkey, after the Andrew Bronson case, they started, the Turkish government started to deport a lot of uh, foreign missionaries as they pick all the most effective ones and they deport them we lost mo 15 to 20 that i know of missionaries over last three two years period and is that a matter of they find them and kick them out or just when their visa is up they say we're not going to renew your visa or a little bit of both both or? both okay uh-huh Sometimes and I they, know mm -hmm. one of those is is David Bile, who yeah. you know, yeah. and who has been our guest here mm -hmm. on Voice of the Martyrs Radio. If if you want to listen to that conversation with David, you can. We'll give you a link at vomradio.net. So why is the Turkish government worried about people like David Bile who are just there living out the gospel? Yeah. <laughs> They don't really give a valid reason, you know. They just say, you know, you have to leave the country within two weeks. We we see you as a threat to the public. Okay, we are not an Islamic country. There's a democracy, and faith is protected, right? Yeah, faith I, is I mean, protected. It's, you it's can share your faith. It's legal for you as and, a Turk to be a Christian. Exactly. It's not like a you know, Islamic country, like Sharia country, it, not like Iran. You know, uh, say if we were a Sharia country, I wouldn't be able to live in there. You know, right. the, yeah. I would be killed, but so, Turkey's not like that. Um, you've had some experiences where the police have detained you, yeah, I mean, whether you're witnessing or handing out Bibles. Mm -hmm. What do the police ask? Like, wh mm -hmm. what is their problem with what you're doing? They say for security reasons, you know, like we we were in a in Erzurum, which is not a border city, and they say, you know, you are you are allowed to distribute these, but don't do it here. <laughs> <laughs> you you may get in get in trouble. We may not be able to you know to save okay. you. You know, they, so in uh -huh. other words, they would say uh -huh. we're protecting you uh -huh, uh -huh. by telling you not to do this. <laughs> exactly, it's perfectly legal, but don't do it. Uh, yes, because we can't protect you. We may be not. Yeah, you know, we may not be able to protect you. But 
when we were in Suruj, which is the border, Syrian border city, uh, we were five of us, two Canadian friends and three Turkish. Uh, we had a young guy, 22 years old, uh, new believer, Turkish brother with us. You know, we went there, it's, uh, like I said, it's a bordering city with 100,000 population. We were going to visit a new believer there. But as soon as we got out of the bus, police came and stopped us and they took us in. They questioned us for more than two hours. Different departments inside the police came and, you know, they questioned us. They asked for what we are carrying, why we are there, in high security place. And they went through all our books, you know, if they are legal books or not. And then they took Soner aside and told him that you need to be careful, boy, you know, these guys are missionaries. And the Soner replied, I'm a missionary too. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, I'm a missionary too. Yeah. But this is so, the thing, but you know. But they must have known you were coming. I, I mean, yeah. if they yeah. got you as soon as you got off the bus, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they were waiting for you. Yeah, yeah. They they follow us. Um, this is fine, you know. Um, they are doing their job, and sometimes we are very thankful that they are following us. Like I was in eastern border, uh, another city. Um, this was southeast when I was in east with uh, with Adrian and our Australian friend. Um, some tourist guys actually called us on and we didn't know they said they are uh, journalists and we sat down in a cafe we always meet in you know the, in the crowd you know uh-huh, in, in, in a public public place. public place and but then i saw you know the civil police you know the walking around me showing their you know the radios and you know the showing to me you know just kind of warning me i guess or you know making We're watching. sure you're watching <laughs> and then we start talking to these two guys one of them was older and they were facing jail time as a last resort, I guess they wanted to get some sort of help from us. Of course, we shared the gospel, you know, what else we can do. And we prayed over them. Then this young guy said, you know, last time I called my cousin here and they arrested him and he's still in jail. <laughs> Thank you for calling us here. <laughs> <laughs> then we went to Ara, where Mount Ararat is, the Easter. Uh, we have a really uh, nice story there that night. Uh, Mehmet uh, an atheist guy called us in. We went to his apartment. Uh, he, uh, he had a few of his friends. I wanted to give him a, a short summary of the Bible, the fall and the the, the people of Israel and the redemption. And, but it took me like four hours, you know, <laughs> because he kept <laughs> That's a longer in, summary. <laughs> <laughs> because he kept interrupting and asking questions. He had a lot of questions. He was a very well-educated person. He had the bachelor's degree in philosophy, master's degree in anthropology, and he was doing another bachelor's degree there in Russian literature. Then at the end, you know, it was after midnight, I told him, you know, Mehmet, we can do this till morning. I will answer all your questions, but at the end, it, it's up to your heart. You know, if you are really seeking the truth, just talk to God. You know, he helped me. He will help you too. We prayed over him, and we left there, and we went to our hotel and we spent another several hours sharing with the hotel manager <laughs> <laughs> then in the morning we turned back to Istanbul and we got a phone call from Mehmet and he said he's been in an 80s uh, since he was like 13 years old when he first read the Quran in Turkish he became an 80s it's very common in Turkey now and and he said he read more than 2,000 books but he never believed in miracles but when we prayed over him something happened and that night Jesus came to him We are ending today's Voice of the Martyrs radio broadcast on a bit of a cliffhanger. Brother Byram has been with us 
sharing some of what he's seen God do in the nation of Turkey. He left with a story that I think will challenge all of us to share our faith with more courage. We've heard about an atheist who spent a whole evening arguing with Brother Byram. Then Jesus appeared to this now former atheist in the night. Next week, we'll find out what happened next. How did this young man with so much book learning respond when he encountered the person of Jesus? Brother Byram will join us again next week to share the rest of the story. If you just can't wait that long, you can hear more discussions like this one when you visit our archives at vomradio.net or subscribe to the VOM Radio podcast You'll get to know other guests from Turkey and really all over the world. Again, that website, vomradio.net. And be sure to join us again next week right here on the Voice of the Martyrs Radio Network.